Episode 3 Establishing Your Batna Hello and welcome to Episode 3 of Negotiations Paraphernalia, a series of podcasts that would cover everything around negotiations, one that will set you up for enrichment and excellence. I am Krishna Panika, joining you from Dubai, continuing my creative pursuits during the COVID times by connecting with people across the globe to bring you interesting thoughts and invaluable insights. And I continue my conversation with Prakash Jugani, International Negotiation Skills Trainer and a Leadership Coach. Hey Prakash, hope you're well and thanks again for joining. We are on episode 3 and the title sounds very interesting. Establishing your BATNA. Let's get right into it. Hi Krishna, it's really good to join you again in uh, the show. Uh, there is a very interesting topic today, which is BATNA. There are various competencies and skills required to be a good negotiator. According to me and various other renowned negotiators, BATNA is one of the most critical of them all. Now, BATNA stands for Best Alternative to a Negotiated Agreement. It is the best alternative should your negotiation fail. In other words, if you're unable to achieve the expected outcome with the other party, what alternatives do you have? So the law of requisite variety is a presupposition of neuro-linguistic programming. It states that the person with the most flexibility of behavior will control the system. Sorry to interrupt Prakash, but this is for the listeners. Prakash is also a certified NLP practitioner. Yeah, yes, Krishna, yes. And what we learn in NLP are we take certain uh, belief systems, thinking methodologies of people who've been able to succeed in every respect of their lives, doing so many things. And so they've picked up a few things. They've found a few laws that they abide by, all of those people that they've found successful, and they come up with something called presuppositions. And so one of them is the law of requisite variety. The individual with the highest amount of flexibility of behavior will have the most influence on the system. Now, this basically means that more choices you have, more freedom you will feel and better the quality of your life. This is part of the preparation we need to make before we go for any negotiation. One of the biggest mistakes that negotiators do is that they fail to prepare well before entering any negotiation. Failing to prepare in negotiations is preparing to fail in negotiations. A step that simply cannot be overlooked if we are seriously considering great outcomes from the negotiation. Very well said, Prakash. You know, I'm actually remembering some of the things that you mentioned in the first episode, which really hit home for me that negotiation is a win-win situation rather than a win-lose one. Great. Okay, coming to BATNA, can you give some real-world examples of BATNA? Yes, certainly. Uh, just imagine, Krishna, you're going to negotiate for a raise in your salary to a superior. Uh, two things may happen. He may say yes or he'd say no. And if he says yes, he'll decide the extent to which the raise of the promotion uh, would be. Now, before you go into that negotiation table, it is critical to go prepared with what outcome you're willing to settle for. And in case you don't get what you're looking out for, what is it that you're going to do? 
Although we will be speaking at length about negotiation for a raise or promotion in the organization uh, as you move forward, according to William Urie and Roger Fisher, authors of Getting to Yes, one of the most renowned books on negotiation, the question that they put is, when you go to negotiate for a raise, would it be better for you to have a gun in your pocket or an offer letter from another company? Your partner is really strong when you have an offer letter from another company, because in that case, you know what your best alternative would be in case, God forbid, whatever might happen, you don't want to proceed in that particular relationship anymore because it's not giving you what you believe you deserve. So when you go into that negotiation, more than anything else, your confidence will be massively in favor of you if you actually go with a strong partner. I remember going in for a negotiation when I went to buy a pre-owned SUV. I prepared well before going in for the face-to-face -face with the owner of the vehicle. I ensured I had suitable offers from other credible owners, including the authorized car dealer itself. I was absolutely confident with the market rates for similar vehicles and generally could walk out of that deal and take up any other offer from the other owners, although they were a tad lesser in terms of my preference because this vehicle had something about it in terms of the way it was maintained, which was a cut above the rest. So when I walked into the negotiation with this American ophthalmologist for his car, he sensed my confidence from the word go, knew I had done my homework and I had some great alternatives. He offered me his lowest price within minutes, and it was almost 20% less than the non-negotiable initial offer that he put forward to us. And he was very clear that we didn't have to come and negotiate. But when we closed the deal, it was so much in my favor that I'm such a happy owner today of that particular vehicle. So the partner of a salesperson, for example, so this is, you know, in real life example, let's look at a person in sales. Very important, they have partners as well. And what's the partner of a salesperson? It's their pipeline. If they have a very slim pipeline, they will be ready to accept anything from the client. But if they have a very strong pipeline, that becomes their partner, that gives them the confidence and therefore they can gain more from the deal. But do you think we always have different options? Because sometimes you are in a take it or leave it kind of a situation. Would that mean walking away or losing that particular deal is your partner in that particular case? Well, uh, a good question, uh, Krishna. And this is where you know the preparation is important. Uh, it's very important for us to understand that we all have alternatives. The question is whether I have a strong enough alternative or not. So some may believe that they do not always have a partner when they go into negotiation. While this may be true and it is not enough to rest on your laurels, it's important for you not to just give excuses that I don't have a partner, especially if it's an important negotiation. But you got to go and start creating a partner. You got to work hard towards getting a partner. So if I was a sales guy, I had a very thin pipeline, it's important that I go and work towards ensuring that I have a strong and solid pipeline. Strengthening the partner could mean looking for alternatives that are attractive enough for me to walk away from any deal if things start going south. So if I'm in negotiations 
or with a tile supplier to retile the flooring of my house? And am I to have a alternative tiling company, but the alternative tiling company is way below my expectations? It's crucial that I find some other company that is as close as possible to the original supplier. So at least I have a strong hold in terms of my negotiations with the preferred supplier. So I need to have a strong partner. I need to create one. I need to go and see how I can find it before I go into that important and crucial negotiation. I mean, wow. We often don't realize that we can actually think of an alternative before we go in for a negotiation or even create one. You know, guess it is all about practice and experience. I mean, the more deals you're involved in, the better the negotiator you become. We've seen how important it is for anyone as a negotiator to have or to strengthen their partner. It's equally important, actually. This is just one part of the story. It's actually equally important that we anticipate the partner of the other party. What is their alternative in case they don't get me to agree to their terms? Doing so will get me to play my cards accordingly. Now, should you understand that their partner is weak, you are in a fantastic position to have a really favorable deal, lest you may leave quite a bit on the table. I'd like to share a story of the company I worked for previously where we had about a hundred tank cleaners who were on board a vessel. Uh, it, was a, it was a large oil tanker and we had to do the double bottom tank cleaning for that organization. So what we did was before the vessel could come onto the port, it was in Dubai, port, port of Russia. So we said, we had a guy who went on board while it was sailing. He saw, assessed what quantity of oil was there on those tanks came back, we sent them a lump sum proposal that this is what it's going to cost. They signed off saying, yes, no problem. Once we are on the port, we'd like you to come and start doing the tank cleaning. The moment we got on board, we realized that we had really misfired in terms of estimating the amount of time and the manpower that we required for that particular cleaning job. Now, if we had to finish that in five days, we'd have to triple the amount of people that we're supposed to actually put in that job as we had estimated earlier. Now, obviously that's going to really hit us bad and we probably walk out with uh, losing money rather than even breaking even on that particular project. And I was not ready to do that. So I remember I was on board trying to get the best from our people, me also in those tanks, you know, trying to see whatever help I could do. And we were not able to move much uh, after a solid day's work. And so I was up there talking to the uh, superintendent on board. And I said, listen, impossible. We are not going to be able to do this in five days. We need 15 days. Is there a way I can talk to the owner of the vessel? And way and behold, in about, say, 12 hours, the owner of, the, of that vessel flew in. And we were across a negotiation table trying to understand what is the best alternative here. Now, I knew that for the vessel owner, delaying the ship was really a no-no because each day he'd pay about twenty dollars to $25,000 for every day of delay. And if it was another 10 days, he's got to pay $200,000 to $250,000 for that. Whereas I was probably asking him something like a fifty dollars to $60,000 extra if he wanted me to finish in five days. And so when I anticipated his Batman, I knew that it was difficult. 
I was there very strongly going up to him and saying, listen, uh, we made a mistake. We misfired in terms of our calculation of estimating the amount of oil, but now we realize that it's really much more than what we start. We've got to triple the manpower. We need this particular thing to be done or just give us 15 days, we'll do it and go off. Uh, he could not do that. He signed off that extra amount that we had asked for for that extra number of people and we finished the job in five days. He was a happy camper. We were very happy with what we did and we moved away from that. So just by understanding or trying to anticipate his partner, I was able to get a very good deal in our favor. Brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. Best alternative to a negotiated agreement. There you go, listeners. Always and always have a BATNA with you. Prakash, I can't thank you enough because I'm getting to learn so much on this. Uh, really enjoying these conversations with you. Great, uh, Krishna. Thank you so much. As always, enjoy doing these with you. Take care. Thank you to all the listeners out there. Please keep listening, sharing and supporting. Until next time, stay safe and take care.